Good morning. We are studying the book of uh, Hebrew of of James, and I said Hebrews, but you know, so close together. And so we want to welcome you into these studies, Bible studies in the morning. And uh, as as you, uh, uh, I think by now understand, we're learning as we do it ourselves. And I want you to know that uh, the book of James, the brother of Jesus, it's a very, very rich book with so much in it. And of course, it deals with the mouth. But uh, there's so much happening in our brains that the, the power of the brain and the things we're going through is greater than our mouth. For instance, an introvert person won't say anything, but they are deeply trapped into a situation where they can't handle it and cannot solve the problem. And so, and so as we study uh, James, I want to make this note. Remember that a lot of people don't say anything, but they mean a lot by their silence. They have an emotional attachment to major problems and never be dealt with in their silence. And so uh, I, want, I want to call your attention to that because, because the mouth is dealt by James uh, and, and, uh, and that corrects meaning. A lot of people have problems that don't relate to, don't talk about it, but they're serious problems because they never vocalize it. Vocalization means you, 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 you get it out of yourself, you express yourself, and the more you begin to deal with it, and talk about it, the healing comes. So I'm more concerned about the silent type than I am the vocal type. But let's take a look. It's, uh, it's, it's James chapter 3, verses 9, 10, 11, and 12. All right? It says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father. And with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and water, fresh water and salt water, flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Question mark. Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. So, James is introducing this idea of incompatible activism. Meaning, you know, what, what reminds me of is, uh, you know, we have a train that goes through Athens, Georgia. And if you notice those trains that comes through Athens, Georgia, if you ever seen one, and the bell it comes about five o'clock in the morning, and it crosses an area close to me. I can hear the train coming. There's an engine on the top, in the front, and an engine in the back. Now, this engine here on the on the on the front is pulling all the cars, and there can be a fifty to a hundred cars. That engine is able to. So imagine, and I, I, why they do that? I guess because when they come up to where they're going to go, they just stop the engine, turn this one off, and and come back back to Atlanta, all right? 
In other words, there's no way to turn around with a hundred cars. So you just go and come back. It, it's, like, it's like the two engines pulling against each other. The power of one engine at, let's say, a hundred uh, miles an hour, or 50 miles an hour, and the other engine has 150 miles an hour working against each other, pulling, pulling. I like that's a sight to behold if you can do that. But that's what, that's what James is saying, is that there are forces inside of us that pull constantly. And you can't get, you're locked in. You're locked in because there's no solution. For instance, remember Genesis 14 uh, instituted the, the, the word blessing. When, when, when Melchizedek blesses Abraham. All right? And of course, the power of the blessing that we understand and know today it is equal to the curse. If you look what really is happening in society, happening in America today, the crime rate, the problems, as if evil is, is winning. We, we've sort of been, you know, assailed by theology that is hard to swallow. And we're struggling with uh, life. What are our children going to do as they come uh, in the future. What's going to happen to them as society now uh, uh, presents uh, uh, a gender that is in question? What, how, to, how to explain? Uh, so, so, anyway, so when Melchizedek blessed Abraham, he instituted the blessing. Now, I believe that the blessing is greater than the curse. I believe that the blessing of God, the blessing of living and serving Him, is greater than any hell. But hell has been more personalized lately. Hell is kicking at the door. You feel like, feel like somehow the blessing is... Well, look, uh, it, the blessing is a principle that is ignored and abused. Two things. Ignored and abused. In other words, it is more a verbal wish than a prophetic statement. It is more a verbal wish than a prophetic statement. See that the blessing is being diluted. It's not a powerful weapon against the forces of the enemy in making the mind of a child who uh, has questions about their gender. In other words, the blessing, instead of being a prophetic statement of faith and believing, is a verbal wish. I mean, and everything that we do, we pray for people that are sick, they, they send their names, and we somehow, you know, plead with God. Instead of saying the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, I come against cancer, I reprimand it in the name of Jesus, you have no authority on my life and the life of the people that listen to this program and I command cancer to disappear. That's not done anymore. I mean, it's hard to find anybody on television who's doing that. Second, it is abused. The power of the blessing is abused. 
since it is used in the context of a gesture of kindness. I bless you, brother. There's no teeth in it. And not a weapon against darkness. But matter of fact, if I begin to kick darkness and reprimand darkness, you know, I'm just uh, totally out of my mind, you know. I mean, I remember Crazy Rick is the way they introduced me in these small revivals in Georgia. And I tell you this, all those guys who accuse me and belittle me and harass me are gone, buried, six feet under. I'm standing here talking to you. So I, I, believe, <laughs> I believe that I made the right decision. In other words, I believe that the power of the blessing is a prophetic statement, not a verbal wish. And I believe that, uh, that is, the, the blessing is not a gesture of kindness, but a weapon against darkness. Take it for what's worth. Okay, next. On one hand, when you look at the tongue, you see a very religious tongue. Oh gosh, I get I get very emotional when I when I hear a pastor that literally discriminates against you, puts you down, belittle you, harass you. You know, verbal discrimination is not really as powerful as subtle discrimination. You know, uh, there's a place here in Athens that sells kitchen stuff, like, uh, you know, just a paper kitchen utensils and, and, and little things for the kitchen. Every time I go to that store, the manager follows me everywhere and looks down to one piece, and the other hand he's looking to find out if I'm going to pocket something. And then comes somebody else. And they proceed in a totally different way. In other words, that is the power of this profane daily life. Listen, you can't get away from the Holy Spirit. I can look through you and see right through you. And it's kind of funny because the Holy Spirit will convict you when you do not when you belittle the prophetic voice. And so you have this, uh, this, this idea, this, this idea that uh, it's your way or the highway. And so the two pull against each other constantly, constantly, constantly. And you have to decide what to do in a situation like that. Look at verse 9. This is uh, James chapter 3, verse 9. It says, with our tongues we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. We have this idea that we are right. We are going to do that which we want. And with the same mouth we bless and we curse. Now let's take a look. When you dishonor a human being in any shape or form, I don't care what type of it be subtle discrimination, it be harassment. Uh, <clears throat> there's a lady in the office downstairs. And she is a, a, a Mexican lady. 
and she's uh, she's equipped. She's got the best tools there is. She's on the floor with uh, uh, amazing protection on her knees that I've never seen before, and she's working on the, in the bathroom with her with her husband. And so I greeted her this morning. She quite couldn't understand that I would do that. So I increased and I greeted her again and I got closer to her and I said, good morning, I hope you have a good day. And she finally opened up and gave me a big smile. In other words, your behavior in dealing with the blessings and curses can be subtle. And on television last night, there's a comedian talking about uh, uh, we don't need, we, we need to understand the life of the Mexican because without the Mexicans, we cannot have vegetables. In other words, he was trying to emphasize that we need to respect the Mexican. But that's a put down on itself. He's putting down the Mexican nation. Not everybody that comes out of Mexico deals with vegetables in the fields of California. There's powerful musicians. I've been listening to Mexican music. Powerful leaders, powerful soccer teams. Power, it's a powerful nation filled with gifted, powerful people. But when you begin to deal with them at the lower level and put everybody in it, you discriminate and you harass them. That's a form of curse. You're actually cursing them on national television. And that's why we grow up with it. That's how we live, okay? So when you dishonor someone, a human being, you dishonor God. This is what uh, James is saying. Every Jew, when entering the synagogue in the days of Jesus, had to recite some words. Bless our thou Father who gives fruit from the vine, and, uh, and, and had to profess God as the Father vocally. But there was no out of it. If you go to Jerusalem today, all the most strict sects of the Jewish nation, especially the, the prophets, self-made prophets of the Old Testament that teach and all kinds, they're gifted people, talented people. But, but uh, the most oppressive places in the world filled with prostitution, filled with anger and bitterness, filled with... Uh, 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 Attacks against Christians. And so, now Ephesians 1.3, the blessing of the Christian is responding on how the blessing of the Jewish person does. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In other words, the two are in contrast to each other. The Tua is in, in, and it's an amazing thing. When you, when you come into Jerusalem, as we are about to go in the month of March of, of, uh, of this coming year, at 6 o'clock, at 3 o'clock, at 12 o'clock, at 9 o'clock, you can hear the humming of the, of the, of the Muslim uh, priest through the night. And then as you begin to deal with them in the marketplace, there's so much anger. With one mouth they bless God. 
with the other with the other side of their mouth, they they give you a hard time in trying to sell and buy from them. So let's take a look. I wanna I wanna read uh, one more time verses 10, 11, 12, 9, 10. Let me begin with 10, 11, and 12 of uh, James chapter 3. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. You know that. Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter water? So, so James is simply saying that it, it's, almost, it's impossible to consolidate someone that does not understand the blessings of God and live on the cursed side. Because a fountain cannot produce sweet and bitter water at the same time. It's impossible. So he is bringing you to a position to... So what do we do? Look at this. Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive branches out of berries? It's impossible. It's not, it's not the way it's supposed to be. So can no fountain both yield salt and fresh water? Nature cannot produce berry and vine from the same tree. Men... Can from his mouth then speak blessings and curses. In other words, nature resists the concept. So whatever you say, whatever you deal with, when you deal with human beings, you better be careful with your words because you might be cursing them and not knowing how to do it. You might be saying something to them that is contrary to everything that the, the Scripture produces. And you, but but you don't you don't you don't pay attention. And so what this book is saying to us is that we we need to study it from a point of view of personal experience. It's not what you say as much; it's what you do. It's what you do with your hands, what you do with your eyes, what you do with your posture. Okay. And I can read that through as a rock, as a wall. As a, as a, as a, as a, is the same thing as, as, as cursing. I was talking about subtle discrimination. It's the same. In other words, it's not as much a vocal problem, it's a spiritual problem. Something inside of you. Okay? So, so, uh, James 3, 6. A world of evil. The tongue is the cause of so many sins. Set on fire by hell. That's what, the, that's what James says. Your tongue is a, is a cause of so many sins. Set on fire by hell. Now you probably say, Rick, but I don't say anything. But man, I can look at your eyes and see that you are... By battling, you are criticizing, you are yelling and screaming when you haven't said a word. It's impossible to, to somehow live in a spiritual environment and not be sensitive to those things. You know, the guy at, uh, here at the church in Athens, you know, I mean, as soon as I sat there to enjoy Sunday morning, he begins to... Uh, psychologically stand against the Holy Spirit. 
In other words, when you when you have been called of God to express your point of view, might as well just you know. I, I went to a congregation in Atlanta, and before I said anything, I said to them, "I do speak in tongues." Why I said that? Because there are hundreds of people in that meeting who have not grown one inch in spiritual life because they curse before they accept and be open that there is a possibility that I could be someone doing right by praying in the Spirit. So, so what is a curse? Let's take a look at that. What is the definition of, the, of, a, of a dictionary that explains what is a curse? And you, you'd be surprised. It says, a solemn utterance to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punishment on someone or something. I'll read it again. What is a curse? It's a solemn utterance. Utterance. To invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punishment on someone or something else. I've been thinking about that. You know, that's just a... What do you mean by that? A solemn utterance to invoke supernatural power to inflict harm. What, what is it? Well, uh... I don't know how to say this, but uh, God, D-U. That is just part of the vocabulary today. It's all over television. I don't, uh, I don't, uh, I, I don't have, uh, I don't have, uh, I have Facebook. But it's all over. Black music is God come upon you and curse you. God come upon you and cause harm. God come upon... In other words, you bring God to, to damn and to curse somebody else as if somehow you're drinking a glass of water. <coughs> Who gave you power to use God when you have no whatsoever relationship with Him? Who gave you power to say that God will even listen to you as you curse somebody else? But that's what a curse is. A solemn utterance to invoke supernatural power to inflict harm on anybody you don't like. So you damn them in the name of God. I just wondered, you know, uh, how does God feel about this? Uh, hmm. Now, Proverbs 18, 21, it's quite a scripture. You know, I've, I've read it several times to see if the Lord would teach me something, because when you read something like this, you've got to sort of slow down and, and take one word at a time, because revelation doesn't come until you're able to hear. The tongue has the power. The tongue has the power. What do you mean? You mean that my tongue has power? Oh, yes. Because the Holy Spirit works inside of you along with your trash. The Holy Spirit lives in a garbage can. 
We are the garbage can. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. And He's trying to mold you and to change you and to heal you and to deliver you and to, and to change you the way you think. And the funny thing is, the only way the Holy Spirit will win is if you deal with the environment you're in. In other words, God's not going to change and make an environment totally separate from where you are. It is the environment of being in the presence of others and with God that makes you heal. Because the power of the Holy Spirit heals from the inside out. It's not something that comes in to heal you. It's something that comes out to heal you. The tongue has the power. Now, the power of the tongue can be used in two ways for life and death. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's difficult. That's close to, my goodness, that's, that's dangerous. In other words, I can hurt you with my tongue. Yeah! Yes, I can. And as you get older, you, you, you begin to be very careful to what you say, especially to children. You know, there's, there's a, a John, John, Jonathan Dunn has a boy called Ellis. Ellis has two big eyes. And when he looks at me, his pupil dilates. And he looks at it. Okay? And he doesn't say anything. All right? Not a, not a word. He just stares there and looks at me. You know? <laughs> and of course, in, in my mind I'm thinking, what is it that this kid is thinking? What is the thought inside of his mind listening to me? Is his spirit meeting my spirit? And when your spirit meets someone's spirit that God put in your life, you can do two things. Receive what this spirit is telling your spirit <coughs> or join it and be enticed for by it and be born with it because you found somebody who just does exactly what you want to do. But when God is present, the spirit that you meet will not compromise the word of God. I don't care who they are. I'll give you an experience. I went to a church in Atlanta. And out of the congregation, I saw family. And then I looked up on their side and I saw a boy. He was about nine years old. Now, I, you know, I'm in front of about a thousand people. And I heard distinctively, I mean, it's like a thought that came into my head as clear, precise. <coughs> you know, I have a microwave, and I'm getting to know that microwave because I never had a smart microwave. In other words, you know, you turn on to three minutes and go sit down to watch, watch, uh, watch uh, uh, a cowboy movie. And suddenly, it begins to talk to you. Ding! Ding. It's a signal from the microwave that the three minutes are over. You better get out from the chair and come in here because it's hot. At that, at that moment when I saw that boy, I heard a ting, meaning he needs to come down to be with you. 
<coughs> and so, he came down and I prayed with the family. During Rekel of the Flame, I looked at the congregation and there was the boy. And as he came forward, I came toward him and he is lifting his hands up. And tears are flowing from his eyes as, as water. You know what that was? My spirit met his spirit and he received instead of arguing or cursing or reprimanding or belittling or doing my way or the highway. He submitted to my spirit and the Lord blessed him and saved him. Now Jesus, Galatians chapter, well let me stop here for a minute. I think we, we just don't need to go any further. Let me ask you this. Are you someone that battles the Holy Spirit? Are you someone that wants to be blessed of God, but is your way or the highway? You're never going to be blessed. In other words, in the comfort voice that you hear, is not going. In other words, what, what, listen, it's a congregation, a lot, a lot of people there. And that boy was so humble, so simple, that he came forward and lifted his hands and began to weep. What makes a nine-year-old boy in a, con in a congregation loaded with people uh, uh, to, 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 to cry so profusely, so on time, so, so natural? I mean, the tears, you could see them coming down. It means he met God. And so the blessing can be much more powerful than the curse. It has to be more powerful than the curse. I don't know where you are. I don't know what's happening with you. But if you don't understand this concept, you'll never be blessed by the Lord. Because if you decide inside of you to do what God has called you to do, you begin reprimanding and say, let me read uh, what, I, what I shared with you in the beginning. A principle, the blessing is a principle that is ignored and abused. It is more verbal, a verbal wish, than a prophetic statement. God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I reprimand Satan, darkness, accusation, condemnation. God, we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. But unless we receive your love and your forgiveness, God, we'll be damning everybody we ever met because we have sinned. But through your grace, Lord Jesus, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He did it at the cross, being made a curse for us. Took the penalty of the law for us. Curses everyone who hangs on a tree. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving my sins, for cleansing me, and making my life an effect and a blessing to a lot of people. In Jesus' name, amen.
brilha a luz que é nu. 